What's the deal with Charlie Morton? What is the best role for Spencer Strider? And who could the Atlanta Braves be targeting in the upcoming MLB draft? It's a mailbag episode of Lockdown Braves. We'll be covering all of your Twitter questions here on today's episode. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves, where you can submit any questions, comments, feedback to be part of the show. Also, please make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Hit the like on this video. It really does help out the show a ton. I do appreciate all of your support. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We continue to post episodes a daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you it is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This is a, a mailbag episode with the Braves being off on Monday. So taking in some of your Twitter questions that we're going to answer today, including questions about Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, the draft, and some of the biggest and best surprises for the Braves so far in the 2022 season. So we'll cover all of that on today's episode. Let's start out with our first question here. This one coming from Brando says it seems that Charlie Morton has had the most trouble this year in the first inning. While I'm no fan of the opener idea, do you think it could be beneficial to give Morton a couple of starts with an opener just in case the first inning issue has gotten into his head a bit? Um, as interesting fact, I'm I've said on here that I'm a little worried about Charlie Morton. And I wrote about this at tomahawktake.com on Monday as well, just kind of diving into the analytics of Charlie Morton and what's been going on with him. As far as the opener idea, look, I'm not a huge fan of the opener either, uh, especially not with a veteran in Charlie Morton. I, I don't think the first, I don't think anything's really getting into his head except for maybe himself. I want to think that a lot of this is due to the fact that he's coming off a pretty serious leg fracture injury, and I think it's messing with his mechanics a little bit, and I think that's mostly what he's struggling with. You can see in a lot of these starts, you know, he's struggling to find it early, tr early trying to find that release point, you know, kind of struggling with his mechanics, and then he'll kind of find it late and get on a roll. I think it's just up to Charlie to figure that out, whatever – it takes, you know, whether it means throwing a simulated inning in the bullpen before a game, um, you know, whatever he needs to do. But that is a big problem for him right now, getting out of that first and really the second inning sometimes as well. His ERA is over nine in the first inning and it's over five in the second inning. So that's certainly been a huge problem with him this year and it hasn't allowed him to go deep in the game. Only once this year has he completed six innings and that's certainly something that you're looking for 
from your veteran starting pitcher in Charlie Morton is to go deep into games and give you some long outings, and the Braves just aren't getting that from him right now. So I am worried a little bit about Charlie Morton. Again, I think these are things that he can figure out, things that he can fix. Uh, the walks, you know, over a 10% walk rate, be the second highest of his career, the highest since 2016. That's all obviously a big problem, you know, especially in this last outing, walked three batters in the first inning, walked the first two batters of the game. Walks have been a, an issue for him all season long. Again, I think that goes back to the mechanics and just trying to find the right mechanics to get back to where he was, finding that release point. Again, I just think that's something he's been battling with all year that's kind of led to some of these struggles. Certainly not, you know, everything can be blamed on that. His curveball is getting hit hard. Batters aren't chasing pitches out of the zone quite as much against Charlie Morton as they have in the past. Those are all factors that are going into this as well. And when he's getting hit, he's getting hit hard. He has a very uh, high, hard hit percentage. So, you know, again, those are all, all factors that have me worried. Do I think he can turn it around? Sure. But right now he's pitching more like a, a fourth, fifth starter instead of a, a two or three starter, which is where, you know, you really want Charlie Morton to be for this pitching staff to be what it can be, which is one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And still, frankly, is even with the struggles of Charlie Morton. But certainly you would like to see him get back to pitching like the, the Charlie Morton that we saw last year for the Braves. But to answer your question, Brando, no, I, I don't think an opener really does anything for Charlie Morton because I don't think I don't think the first inning issue really is bothering him mentally. I, I think it's more of a mechanical thing and it's just finding his rhythm to start a game. It's taking him a minute to get into it. And during that, he's walking batters, he's giving up hits, and he's giving up runs until he can find that groove and find that the right mechanical adjustments that he needs to make. I think it's just up to him to make those earlier in the game and to be, uh, you know, or in the bullpen even before the game starts. I think that's something that he has to work on to get over that hurdle. But you're absolutely right. Those first innings have been a huge problem for him this year. But I don't think an opener really solves that because it's not it's not the start of a game. It's not the the top of the lineup that's bothering Charlie. It's again, it's just his his inconsistency with his, his pitches that he's throwing, his location. That's really what's bothering him. And an opener's not going to fix that, in my opinion. All right. Next question comes from E. Goldie says. Where do you see the most value for Strider right now? Fifth starter or a two-inning reliever like a Josh Hader type pitcher? Obviously, this will be addressed when Soroka is back, but curious about your thoughts right now. So first of all, I wouldn't be counting on, on Mike Soroka for, for anything. Um, look, I would love for him to come back. Uh, I'm certainly hopeful that he will, and I, I think he will, but I'm not counting on him for anything to be part of this rotation. If it happens, great. But I would not be putting my eggs in that basket that Mike Sorok is going to come back and just suddenly, you know, insert himself right back into the starting rotation like we're thinking. Um, again, I hope that happens, but I'm not counting on that as far as a contingency for down the road. And look, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to bring it up. The Braves have been relatively healthy in the starting rotation. You know, that doesn't usually happen over a full season we could see some of these pitchers 
you know, get banged up and it opens up another spot in the rotation down the road. So again, the, just the thought process of Max Roca will come back. Everything will be fine. He'll be in the rotation and the and the thought that all the brave starters right now will be healthy for the entire season. I think that's probably a little bit too optimistic. And, and look, I understand that's, you know, I, I wish I were more opt optimistic like that, but I just, I have a hard time thinking that that will actually happen. That being said, on Spencer Strider, look, I, I've gone back and forth on this as well. Again, you listened to my podcast before the season. I was all for Spencer Strider starting the year in AAA, spending most of the year in AAA to continue to develop him as a starter because I think that's where he has the most value and the most potential as a starter because I can think I think he can be a frontline starter go out there give you five or six really strong innings every time out and be a dominant starting pitcher but with the way things have played out this year for the Braves I'm really starting to think that his value is more in the bullpen as a multi-inning reliever again and I talked about this when you know, when he was a reliever and when Brian Snicker finally decided to move him to the rotation. If used correctly, I think he is more valuable in the bullpen. If you use him as a guy who can come in in the sixth or seventh inning of a close game, whether you're up by one, it's tied, you're down by one, you bring in Spencer Strider and he gives you two or three innings. And if he can do that uh, as E. Goldie's talking about if you can do that, you know, and get that from Strider two or three times a week, is that more valuable than getting one start from him a week where he's going to pitch five, six innings max? You know, either way, you're getting either way, you're getting six innings out of Spencer Strider a week. It's whether or not you want to use those if you want to break that up into two or three outings or one start. Um and just with where the Braves are right now and where the bullpen situation is, you've already, you know, you lost Matzik. We really don't know when he could come back. They've lost Luke Jackson. Those are two big parts of the night shift. Uh, Will Smith hasn't been nearly as effective as of late. You know, that could come around. Same for Kenley Jansen. You know, really, A.J. Minter's your only dominant lights-out reliever that you have at the moment. So I just feel like, Right now, Spencer Strider is more valuable in the bullpen. And look, I, I know his first two starts in the rotation haven't gone great. Uh, one of those because of some poor defense behind him. Another one just because of lack of command and him walking a ton of batters. But I, again, it, it's a tough decision because I wanted to see him in the rotation. I still want to see him in the rotation. I think he needs to get two or three more starts there. But if things don't really turn around and we can't, start getting consistently, you know, five, six innings out of Spencer Strider as a starter, then I, I would rather see him go back to the bullpen. I'd rather see that fifth starter spot just go back to, you know, Tucker Davidson or Kyle Muller and just let them give you four or five, you know, innings of two or three earned runs. Um, you know, because I think they're capable of doing that. I think Bryce Elder is capable of doing that. I think you have guys in the minors who you could bring up that are capable of giving you you know, four or five solid innings each time out. 
And, you know, again, just because of where the need is for the Braves, having somebody like Spencer Strider to come out of the bullpen, you look at some of the games they've had recently, you know, with these extra inning games, and it just it would have been nice to have Spencer Strider. And Jackson Stevens has stepped up and been huge there as well. But it would be nice to have Spencer Strider who can come in, you know, win a starter, when your fifth starter only goes four or five innings or when Charlie Morton's only going five innings and you can bring in Spencer Strider and bridge that gap to the back end of a game. It's just a huge, it's a huge weapon. You know, it's what Andrew Miller was for years. It's what Josh Hader was for years. You know, I think Spencer Strider can be that type of guy for this year. I still believe long-term that he is most impactful as a starter and, that's kind of why my hope this year was that he would go to AAA and continue to develop there as a starter. But I just think the need for the, the Braves this season necessitates him being in the bullpen. But let's see how these next couple of starts go. Again, I'm, I'm hopeful for him that he can lock down that fifth start or that fifth spot in the rotation and go out and give you five, six solid innings every time out. Um, but if he can't, you know, his next two or three starts, he proves that he's just not able to do that for whatever reason. He's not as effective that third time through an order. Then I think it probably is time to move him back to the bullpen where we know he can be a huge weapon and just give, like I said, Davidson Muller, somebody else, another shot in that fifth spot until maybe a trade opens up for the Braves to find somebody else for that fifth spot in the rotation. But some good questions there. Got a couple more after the break I want to get into, uh, including the Mets and their hot start. Can the Braves catch them? Some biggest surprise, they're the best surprises this year for the Braves and some MLB draft targets that we'll be looking at. We'll cover that next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, do us a favor and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, a couple of more questions uh, from Twitter here that I want to answer. The first one coming from Chris Shaffey, who says, um, does the Mets hot start mean they have already peaked too soon? Do you see the Braves catching the Mets by the All-Star break? So basically, Chris is ask asking, are the Mets going to Met this year? And I've been saying all along before the season even began, I think this is a different Mets team. And keep in mind, they're doing this without Jacob deGrom and without Max Scherzer right now. So for me, this is a this is a different Mets team. I don't see them fading back. I don't see them falling apart. The lineup is just too deep. Uh, they're getting good pitching. Buck Walters is a very good manager. I like that hire for them. So 
I don't see this Mets team falling back. You look at look, the Braves are in their hottest stretch of the year. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. They've won five in a row. Meanwhile, the Mets have won or eight and two in their last 10 games and won three in a row. So the Braves have picked up no ground. In fact, they've lost a game over the last 10 game stretch when the Braves have been the hottest they've been all year. So this Mets team is is not going to fade. I don't think they're going to met never put it past them, but I just think this is a different Mets team. And as a Braves fan, I think you just have to put the NL East out of your mind right now. I mean, the Braves are nine games back. Um, you know, we're approaching mid-June here. Not impossible, but I think as a Braves fan, you got to put the NL East just out of your mind. You know, not even let that be a thought. And if it happens, it happens. I'm not saying it can't, but for for a fan, for the Braves in general, your focus just has to be on complaining, playing consistent, consistently good baseball each and every day, something they've struggled with a lot this year, just being consistent, putting runs together, putting weeks together where you go, you know, seven and three. We just haven't seen that for the Braves a lot this year. So, again, I know it, it's it's tough to say the Braves have won it four years in a row. It's just hard for me to see the Mets really, really slipping up this year, and the Braves have dug themselves such a hole. Uh, again, I think you just have to, to put the NL East away for now. If it comes back into play later in the year, then you know we'll obviously get excited about that. But for now, for the Braves, it's just they're over 500. Let's keep this role going. Let's play the best baseball that the Braves can play the rest of the way. And look, I, I still think the Braves can beat the Mets. I think the Braves are more than capable of beating the Mets in the postseason, head-to-head, -head, whatever it may be. But the Braves have just dug themselves such a hole, and I think this Mets team is just so good and so deep, I don't see them falling back. So for the Braves, just play the best ball you can. you got the extra wild card spots. You may have to work a little harder this year in the postseason. I still believe they can get it done. I still believe this Braves team is very good, but I also believe that Mets team, is really good, and it's just hard for me to see them slipping up and falling, again, especially once they get DeGrom and Scherzer back. All right, next question comes from Steve Lamb. He says, who is your biggest surprise this season, one pitcher and one batter? So I'm going to go good surprise and bad surprise. For the hitter, my bad surprise is Ozzy Albies. I was really hoping Ozzy was going to have a great year, and he still can, but so far, slashing 247, 291, 388, six home runs. <laughs> Again, the, the dead baseballs are hurting a lot of players. I think Ozzy's, you know, falls into that category. The 388 slugging, you know, obviously very low for, for Ozzy Albies. The 291 on base, he's never really been a high on base guy. But I was hoping this year we'd see him get back to a 330 on base. And again, it could happen, but. Um, he just has not been that guy for the Braves most of this year. Uh, again, could turn around. Uh, he's a very hot and cold player uh, at times, so could turn around. But he's been a, one of my bad or worst surprises so far this year for the Braves. They've also had to move him up and down the lineup because of injuries. I, I think he needs to stay in that five, six, seven spot in the order and just let him let him stay there and be the hitter that that he can be. On the good for the hitting side. Look, a lot of the Braves, you know, Austin Riley's been great. I know he's had some ups and downs. Matt Olson's been been great. I know he had a, a big slump there as well, but I think overall he's been great. 
Um, you know, Acuna, when healthy, has been great. Swanson started out cold. He's been great. You know, Azuna, he's had his slumps in there, but overall he's been decent. You know, a lot of these Braves players are established, so none of these are really surprises. Um, but I think the biggest surprise is William Contreras. And, I mean, the guy has seven home runs in 22 games. You didn't even really know what kind of role he would have with the Braves this year. And if Manny Pena is healthy, he may not even have any kind of role for the Braves this year. But he has come up huge for Atlanta this season when they really needed it. And seven home runs in 22 games. Um, you know, right now it's just they're having a problem finding a spot for him in the lineup because Travis Darno, you know, is your starting catcher and should be. Um, Okunia, you know, hasn't been able to play in the field every day, so he's taking up the DH spot. And when he's not, Marcelo Zuna needs to be in that DH spot. And they're not going to take Ozuna out of the lineup because of what they're paying him. So it's really just been hard for Brian Snicker to find spots for Contreras to get in there. Uh, but he has been really good when he has been in there. And that's been a, a huge, great surprise for the Braves this year. On the pitching side of things, I already kind of touched on my my bad for the pitching staff. Charlie Morton, uh, 5.63 ERA, 1.53 WHIP, just has not been the Charlie Morton that we're used to seeing. And then on the good, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say this was a surprise. You know, I know myself and others were talking about Kyle Wright coming into this year and thought it could be a, a breakout season for him. So, I, not really a surprise, but. You know, I think certainly to a lot of people, what he's done so far is even better than what I thought he could do. A 2.41 ERA and a 1.07 WHIP. Uh, he has been outstanding for the Braves this year, and that is a great sign. So those are my biggest surprises, both bad and good so far. Let me know yours in the comments below. And then our final question here comes from VT Murdoch, who asked about possible draft targets. As far as the draft goes, like I'm a college guy. I cover college baseball, specifically the SEC. I don't know a ton about the high school players, and high school players are a crapshoot in general when you're taking them in the first round and you're drafting you know, 17, 18-year-old kids. But I'll give you some names from the college side, and I wrote about this over at TomahawkTake.com recently as well, but some names I'm looking at on the college side of things for the Braves at the 20th overall pick. As far as bats go, a couple of guys out of Tennessee, outfielders Jordan Beck and Drew Gilbert, you know, very good hitters at Tennessee team, you know, best team in all of college baseball, uh, and they really swing the bat well. Jordan Beck, huge hit the other night as Tennessee came back to beat Georgia Tech in their regional. Drew Gilbert, very good center fielder, uh, can do it all. Judd Fabian out of Florida, I don't think he's going to go 20th. I think that would be too high for him. If he happened to fall into the second round, I think he'd be a great upside pick. But he's a guy a lot of people had going first overall, top 10 last year's draft, but really struggled with the bat. A lot of strikeouts, you know, a 250 average. That's not great, especially at the college level. Uh, you know, you figure that may, may get, get even worse at the major league level, but he has all the other tools. I mean, he is a gold glove center fielder. You could put him in a major league outfield right now, and he could win a gold glove. He is that good in center field defensively, and he has a ton of pop. I mean, 20 home run power at the college level. I mean, he has he has a lot of pop, a lot of swing and miss, but that's what a lot of today's game is. So if the hit tool ever comes around, I mean, we're talking about a five-tool player right here in Judd Fabian from Florida. But, again, I think 20 is probably too risky for a guy like Fabian who has a, a huge question mark with the hit tool. He could very much flop and be a defensive-only center fielder. 
Uh, Logan Tanner, if the Braves wanted to kind of you know rebuild or, or recoup the catching um, prospect in the system, I think Logan Tanner out of Mississippi State would be a solid pick here. Uh, the, probably the best defensive catcher in the draft, and he can hit a little bit as well. So that wouldn't be a terrible pick at 20 for the Braves, but again, probably a little too early for him. And then Brock Jones, out outfielder out of Stanford, uh, again, another guy who has some loud tools. A lot of people had projected to go first overall in this draft. Got off to a slow start, but been really good here as of late or down the stretch, and especially in Pac-12 play. I don't know that he'll be available at 20, but if he is, I, I think that'd be a very solid outfielder. Again, very good defensively, good power, uh, good hit tool as well. So I think Brock Jones could be a target again if he's there at 20. Where the Braves have been going in recent years is college pitchers. And this class of college pitchers, not great, mainly because a lot of the top pitchers have been injured. A couple of those, Blake Tidwell, Connor Prelip, Tidwell out of Tennessee, he missed the first half of the season, has been back. They're really good in the regionals this past weekend. Um, good mid-90s to upper-90s fastball. I think he would be a great pick at 20 if he's available there. Connor Prelip out of Alabama missed all of this season. He has been throwing a bullpen sessions lately, starting to come back and ramp things up a little bit. So scouts will have to dig on, dig in on him to see how he is recovering from Tommy John. But he's another guy, you know, many projected to be a first pitcher taken in this draft had he stayed healthy. So could be a huge upside play if he is there at 20. Cooper Jerby out of Oregon State, their top starter. Uh, I know Baseball America had him mocked to go to the Braves at 20. Um, he came in and saved the game against Vanderbilt to, to close out their regional after starting the first game of that regional. So very good veteran pitcher there out of Oregon State. Kumar Rocker, a guy the Mets took 10th overall last year but didn't sign because of some medical issues. Um, he's throwing independent ball right now and has looked really good. Again, I don't know that he'll be there at 20, but – Again, could be another possible huge upside arm. And then Gabriel Hughes out of Gonzaga did not have a good outing in the regionals, but was probably the best pitcher in all of college baseball this year. You know, if I'm looking at this pitching group, I think Jerpy and Hughes are the safer picks right here at 20. But I think Tidwell, Prelip, Rocker have the biggest upside as far as college arms go in this draft. So those are some of the college players that I would be targeting. But let me know again in the comments if there are some other picks uh, that you think the Braves should be considering at 20. All right, next, I want to set you up for the Braves. Two games set with the A's and preview Tuesday's matchup next. Don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What a caramel, what, what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy chocolate deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because the caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than the dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar's caramel brownie in a heartbeat. And the best part, Camel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate like all Built Bars are. And all of Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that Camel Brownie will rock 
your world, and that is not an understatement. Trust me, with Built, with Built, Tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars. Now, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So the Braves have a a two-game set against the Oakland A's on Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, I hate even number series, especially two-game series. I think they're ridiculous. But here we are on Tuesday. You got Cole Irvin versus Kyle Wright. But first, let's get into the athletics. They've lost six in a row, and they've lost nine of their last ten. They're 29th in runs scored, 29th in home runs with just 34 on the year. They have the, they've gotten the 25th fewest walks good for the Braves who have struggled with walking batters this year. The sixth most strikeouts, their last in average and 29th in OPS. So offense, not very good. They're struggling here a bit lately. Hopefully that'll continue. That sometimes makes me a little nervous when teams come on in such a bad streak because, you know, the odds are they're going to win a game eventually. But let's hope it doesn't happen this week. I'll get into the starters, or at least for Tuesday, but the bullpen ranks 20th in baseball in ERA and 23rd in whip. So, again, the A's just aren't very good. We knew that when they started selling people off. Braves were the benefactor of that with Matt Olson. As far as the pitching matchup for Tuesday, Cole Irvin, he's been very good this year, a 2.96 ERA, 1.23 whip, and eight starts. Uh, the 28, 28 years old lefty, fourth big league season. He's thrown 45 and two-thirds innings. Just 28 strikeouts and 11 walks. Um, so it's not going to strike out a lot of batters. Again, good news for the Braves. And you look at his expected ERA. Again, his, his season ERA is 296. His expected ERA on Baseball Savant is 506. Tells you that maybe he's been a little lucky so far this year. Braves have the fourth highest OPS in baseball against lefties. So this seems like a very favorable matchup for the Braves hitters. And then Kyle Wright walked one or fewer batters in first in four of his first five starts, has walked four, two, three, two, and five batters in all of his starts since then. The A's don't walk a ton. Hopefully this is a chance for Kyle Wright to get back on track, throwing strikes, not walking a ton of batters, trusting his stuff in the zone. Again, walked five batters his last time out. Very good other than that. And he hasn't been giving up a ton of hits. When you look at his past four starts, he's allowed three, two, three, and three hits in each of his last four starts. So while the walks have gone up, the hits have gone down. Hopefully the hits stay down and the walks stay down as well. And Kyle Wright has a great start on Tuesday night. And the Braves can stay hot, keep the streak going, and take care of business against the A's. Again, it's just two games here against the A's. Really need to win both of them with as bad as they're going and how well the Braves are going at the moment. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time.